everybody, and welcome back to episode 16 of the Mobley Opinionated Podcast. Yes, uh, sir. Today we have two topics, but before that, we have a special guest with us here today. Mm-hmm. Anybody who can wa- who's you watching. Hey, don't let... Give, give me a, mi- a minute to speak, okay? Anish, why are you cutting me off every time? Uh, anybody who's listened to the podcast before, which is like our one listener right now, would remember that I introduced this man as professional last place finisher in fantasy leagues. I'm proud to announce he's moved up into professional second to last place finisher in fantasy leagues. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Arjun Nair. Um, uh, hey, I am Arjun Nair, but uh, I'd like to correct Drew's statement there. I actually did upset the number one seed in the first round of the playoffs and get fourth place in the league. So I, Anish is actually the second to last place winner, so I'd like to call him that. All right, let's uh, you know, talk about Fourth place, fourth place is actually a good place to start off because we're talking about the NFL divisional, or what am I saying, conference championships, and Anisha's favorite team is actually fourth place right now because they're not as good as the Bills. I don't care. Uh, but let's start with the AFC game. Fine, we'll start with the AFC. The third place team versus the team that may, might win the Super Bowl, who knows. But uh, Kansas City versus Buffalo. Uh, Arjun, your guest, we'll let you start off. What are your takes from this game? It's pretty simple. The, the Chiefs are, as a Broncos fan, I'm the first to say this, but they're undoubtedly the best team in the NFL. Um, until they, like, I don't get it, but they have stars on each side of the ball with nearly no money to pay for it. But anyway, going to the game, I think it was just the Bills can't guard Tyreek and um, Kelsey. I don't they think anybody can them. guard Tyreek and Kelsey. Now, see, but the thing that happened in the game was... It's something that Mahomes has been doing his whole career. When he gets pressured in third down situations, he just goes to Kelsey. I don't know why teams don't know that yet, but he just goes to Kelsey. Every single third down pass that you see is to Travis Kelsey, and that ha- and, and that has to be stopped. Stopped in order for the Bucks to win. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's the it's the same as Aaron Rodgers with his little play action tight end leak. He does it every mm-hmm. time, and no, and it like it's always happening. No one's stopping it, but uh. Yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey is unguardable. I've come to that conclusion. He's literally unguardable. I don't think there's, unless you're putting, like, a Pro Bowl corner on him, I don't think he can really be guarded. Yep. And, uh... I don't, I don't that's true. No, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Because if I'm going to reference back to the Patriot days, well, long time ago, two years ago, uh, Patriots used to put Gilmore on him. Because there's no, like, you need to put a corner on him, and it needs to be a good corner. Because he'll beat the strong safety because he's too he's too big, and he'll beat the linebacker because he's too fast. And then Tyree kills literally on like that guy's a video game. He's the Steph Curry. Yeah, if you've played with Steph Curry in two K, Tyree kills that in real life for football. I mean, if we're being honest here, it's not really that Travis is unguardable; it's a duo of them that's unguardable. Yeah, because, yeah. like that's the thing. Travis yeah. has the short yardage, and Tyree can't. You can't game plan against the both of them. Mm-hmm. You can against one. You can't against both. But that's the reason. But the other side of the ball, I think the Bills lost because I think the pressure finally got to Josh Allen. Yeah, I, knew, I, mean, I, I knew it was it was about to come. He took like two twenty-yard sacks because of his rollout to the right. He didn't see the man coming and he got sacked. It's, mm-hmm. it's just something that that will be gauged throughout his time in the league, and I think it's not something people should worry about right now. Yeah, I, I agree. This, I think I was gonna if I had to say what it was. One, I'd go. I don't think the Bills have a third-down option player. I don't think they have a guy who can do that, and. Actually, there's probably three points. Two, 
they don't have a run game at all, and that started to show because yeah. they couldn't yeah. take any pressure off of Allen. They were basically telling him, we need you to throw 40 times. And three, I think the moment got to him. I'm not super worried. It was just a bad game from Allen. Like, you're going to get that. He didn't, like, you have to remember, he started from day one in the league. He hasn't been in the greatest situation. So I, I don't give him too much flack for playing he's been, poorly. He's been criticized his whole career. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is for me with the Bills, they weren't as great as people said. They were especially in the playoffs. That yeah. Game, that Colts game, they didn't win convincingly. They could have lost that. The Ravens game also, they didn't win that convincingly. And minus that Lamar pick six, they could have lost easily there. Like, I kind of saw this. I didn't see it way that the Bills could win this year. Like, I think they're a year away and a running back away, so maybe they get someone in free agency. But this Bills team, I didn't think they had a chance to beat the Chiefs this year. I mean, they're underdogs. I picked them to win. I, I was riding that Josh Allen hype train. I should have probably realized, you know, they're winning because of their defense and you're not going to stop Kansas City. Especially when, and this is a point I'll bring up to you guys, Kansas City played their first full 60-minute game. They were, This is the first time all season I've seen the real Kansas City Chiefs. I wanted to get your guys' take on that. Because I mean, they haven't played full force until now. I mean, they didn't play full force again. Like, they fell behind 10 nothing at the beginning. And, like, we have to mention that. Like, this started a lot like last year's games for the Chiefs. They got behind by double digits. But they missed. They got down by 9. And then they stormed back and took a very big lead. Like, yeah. I think it was 21 and 9, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was interesting to watch because... One of the other things I think people didn't realize is Mahomes wasn't throwing deep. He just wasn't. Yeah. Like, they got big plays because Tyreek Hill is fast enough to turn and agile enough to turn an 11-yard play into a 71-yard play. That was, that was unbelievable. They got those plays. But in general, I'm pretty sure they only had two plays beyond 20 yards, and one of them was a like flip to McCall Hardman, and the other was the Tyreek Hill play. And I think it's another testament to how the Chiefs play, how they can game plan that they're like, okay, you're gonna take away the you're gonna take away the deep ball. Doesn't matter. We're gonna beat you anyways. For sure. Yeah. I mean, no, that's the thing. That's what I was talking about. Like the drill. I also had the Bills winning this game because I personally thought I thought Ty could guard Tyreek. I thought that he could, you know, slow him down. I thought he had a chance. Like, there were six no. catches to fifty yards and maybe a touchdown. And then this was my biggest take of the year. I thought that Terrell Edmonds could guard Kelsey. No. Ooh. Okay. I thought because Edmonds, in my eyes, is a very, very underrated cover linebacker. If you look at the um, this season, he's slowed down many top caliber. Well, we can't say top caliber because no tight end actually performed this year except for Kelsey and Waller. But the but the good tight ends, he did slow them down a bit. So I thought he would slow down Kelsey, but obviously uh, that that didn't happen. And like that was the main reason I thought they they lost that game. To quote uh, LeBron James, he's just built different, dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Bills just aren't there yet. And yeah. I think we also, before we move on to the NFC game, we should mention that Mahomes' leadership is, like, crazy. Like, I'm not, I'm not. Down, and Mahomes guided their team back. And he always has his team's back. And All right, let's, is, like, ca- let's calm down on the Mahomes like, phrase. Let's calm it down. Don't worry. No, like, his, his He's a phenomenal like, leader. I, I agree. I, I haven't seen it in another quarterback other than Brady. Other than Brady, I've never seen that type of leadership. No, Manny. Uh, well, I, there's a lot of quarterbacks who I think have that leadership. I think yeah, you're selling a guy. I think you're selling Peyton Manning short. I think you're selling Eli short too. Eli. 
Uh, A-Rod, too, to some extent. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks who've been able to do stuff like that. I think what impresses me about Mahomes' leadership is he leads like a veteran, oh, yeah. despite the fact... I, I think that's what you're trying to say. He's leading like he's, he's played on the team. What, like, three years now? Like, this is like, that you know, surprising me to this fact. The way he plays, mm-hmm. it looks like he's been in the league for, like, 12 years. Yeah, he's he leads the, league, the blitz like, so well. Years. This is his third year starting, season. and this is his second Super Bowl. This is, like, yeah. Brady-type Brady type success. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it is um, actually pretty this, much the same as Brady starts. I saw this, starts, that this that this Super Bowl is what the NBA never got to see on the Ah, uh, yeah. Finals. We'll talk about this that next Friday. week. We'll talk about the yeah. Super Bowl. Stop yeah. spoiling the Super Bowl sorry, content, Arjun. Or you got to be like this. Uh, we'll move into the NFC because there are two teams in a Super Bowl. And the guy going to the Super Bowl from the NFC is the guy who's been there nine times before. Uh, I, I want to Yeah, them. let's let the I Packers have, fan have, air out his grievances. I, I have a lot. Before I say anything, because I know I'm going to get blamed for whatever I say, the yeah. Bucks played a great game. Their defense yep. played well. But the thing is, the Packers had so many opportunities to mm-hmm. And it's just... See, the thing is, usually as a Packers fan, I'm used... Well, I'm wearing the Raw right now. I'm used to them to get to the NFC Championship game and just get blown out. This year, I thought it was a little different. And that game kind of showed it. Mm-hmm. So, for me, this game turned on, like, two plays in particular. It's going into halftime and coming out of halftime. If those two plays go in the Packers' favor, I still believe that we would have won that game. So That's you're saying if the Packers never drafted Kevin King, so we're going back a couple of years in the past to change that because he obviously got burned and didn't play coverage properly. Oh, and I don't know. You want the Buccaneers to not draft Jordan Whitehead who forced the fumble on Aaron Jones. No. Like, you can't say that stuff. You can't go, oh, but if you exclude these two things... No, and I'm those not, two I'm things you mean? Exclude, I'm not saying to exclude. I'm saying I think that's those two plays are the reason the Bucks won and the Packers lost. That Scotty Miller touchdown. Yeah, that was crazy. No way that should happen. I just like, want to point out, people don't realize that's a four two eight forty guy, Scotty Miller. Like I looked it up. That. that dude is unreal in terms of speed. There's one second on the clock, and you can't let that touchdown go. There's just no way. You yeah, can do that. I still can't believe that happened. Out of that time, that, it was just so disappointing. I mean, it was a great defensive oh, play. They like Tampa Bay had committed to hitting hard and playing really rough football. Dirty. Dirty. dirty I, that's not the word I, mean, I would use, especially when no, your I'm, man I'm Kevin that. King cost Todd the Bulls game. Does Todd Bowles does that, and it's allowed. He's allowed to play. He plays chippy. It's not dirty. I'd say it's physical and it's rough football. The Packers didn't run that much. Otherwise, we would have seen more of like that hard hitting type play. But uh. As you said, the Buccaneers get like the Buccaneers played the best game, uh, and you said it wasn't a blowout. It should have been Brady. Like that was underwhelming for me because like the first half I'm like, oh yeah. wow, wow, look at Brady. Then he, he throws like one the pick that up. maybe you can argue is off Michael Thomas's hand. Michael, sorry, Mike Evans' hands. It was Mike still Evans. high. It was still high, and then one where he doesn't read the blitz, I guess, and just throws it deep. And then there's just, the other one where he misses a deep shot. Like, there's there's some stuff where I'm like, okay. Here, here, here. This here. is bad. That's, that's, that's what I'm waiting for someone to say. But, yeah. Anish, I, I agree with you, okay? That, I didn't watch the first, the um, Jones fumble. But all I know is that I wouldn't blame Kevin King for that last yeah. first half thing. Because the D coordinator, why are you calling a man-to-man cover two with seven seconds left? If you... 
If you don't want the field goal, New York drop Jets your linebackers ish. to the first down and then and then get your safeties back. Just Why play, you, just play super high. You know what they're doing. No, like I, I'm you. Um, you can't play super high against Tom Brady. Um, he'll get the short one, and they'll get out of bounds, and they'll get three points for the half. You can't do that. You you have to make sure that there's three people on the um. First of all, let's three. Brady's not gonna want. Okay, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, and then second of all, that reason that they lost that game was because how does the number one offense in the league not score a single point of two back to back turnovers? Was it back to back three and outs? Three and outs. Not two. I, as being being that before, you know um, that Bruce Arians knows um, that you're gonna throw the ball and you're gonna throw the ball for you. You can't keep throwing the ball nine plays in a row after getting three not turnovers, well two turnovers and one three and out. You have to mix one in there. Why did he call it no play action that game? Rodgers is the best quarterback. Yeah, yeah. and I was gonna say one thing. I like before Anish corrects Arjun. I'm just gonna say one thing. I'll let Anish finish afterward. I. I wouldn't blame it on the floor. I bl- I'm blaming it on Rodgers for this game. No. I'm putting it on him. He should have played better. Like, okay. he was... Can we agree on this? He played the best game of both quarterbacks? Yes. But, yes, can we also agree, he left opportunities on the field. I mean, that's just a given. Okay, going but back like, to... What- come on, from an MVP in this season, I, I expect more from Rodgers. Okay. Okay, it was a disappointing game for Rodgers, and he definitely was a part of the problem. But going back to what Arjun said, those two drives were so disappointing to me. I was so I thought we had it in the bag after those two. And Jair, Jair made two great ball plays on those. When those, mm-hmm. when that first pick went down, because because they were at like the package thirty yard line, and like the score was thirty one twenty three at that time. No, was it? It was twenty eight twenty three, right? So I thought, like to be honest, I thought that the Packers had the game in the bag. That after that first interception, because you're stopping the offense driving down the field, and they had a guaranteed three points that that drive. So that was the that was to my eyes would have been the turning point of the game if the Packers pull that out. And second of all, Drew, I would not lose this game on Rodgers anyhow. No how. Look, look at this. I don't remember what um, quarter it was, but Devontae Adams, the so-called best receiver in the league, uh, dropped no. two wide-open touchdowns in a drive that ended in three. One's a fake. Sorry, but like I could have caught that. That was that was right. Oh. All right, all right. Let's comment down, no, Arjun. You definitely couldn't have caught that. That was a, that was a back shoulder play. I think I know what you're talking about. In the end zone. Are you Devante, talking about the one at the like two yard line with Devontae? Nine point nine out of ten times. Yeah, but I still think, like, okay, first of all, Devontae had like a yard of separation on a two yard route, which to me blows my mind every time I see it. But he had enough separation. My question is, why is Rodgers laying the ball out wide? Just put it on him. So you that, know was, how. that was the point. He had the separation and the factual. Yeah, okay. Like, I, I, okay. I'll, I'll give it I'll give it to Rodgers. Like, that was Devontae. He probably should have caught that. I'm still going to say, like, those aren't the plays I'm worried about. I'm worried about, what was it, the uh, offsides, if you remember. The offsides on Tampa Bay. They're playing through oh. it. Rodgers targets, like, a middle of the field deep ball, but it's pretty contested. Yeah. There's guys there. And Devontae is wide open. Like, Devontae would have had a 70-yard touchdown or something, yeah, whatever that, the distance that was. was. Horrible. There was nobody that. there. And but, it's like Rodgers is known for this kind of stuff. No, no. Like, There's, taking advantage of these plays. Why isn't he doing it at the highest level? And I think I'm gen- – my question is, is this just a reflection, which it is to me, the fact that Rodgers, he just doesn't come up that clutch. He no, isn't I, that clutch of a quarterback. I think – 
No, because the thing is, the one in one in four in cha- in championship okay. games. Yes, one in four. We, we all know the stats. He's one in four. He's lost the most NFC championship games ever, and that hurts me so much because those have happened during when I was watching every single game. I've watched every single one and I've went through each loss. I haven't. I don't even remember them winning the Super Bowl because I was six. So I've waited like ten years and just four losses during those ten years. But this game had the chance to be a Bucks blowout right out of halftime. It was yeah. 28-10 after that Jones fumble and that quick strike to Cameron Braid. But the thing is, this is why that Packers team was different this year. Instead of like just giving up like they have in years past, they battled back. They got two touchdowns and brought it back to 23-28. They are Rodgers and LaFleur, because I'm giving some blame to LaFleur. Yeah, obviously. You should try to run the ball and reestablish it. Because you don't need to go pass heavy when it's only a five-point game. And there's like a quarter left. You can try to go back to the run game and at least start that drive up. You didn't even get a single first down off those two picks, much less a point. I, and I don't think we can blame that like fourth. I'm not going to blame. I, I, I realize I blamed a bit too much on Rodgers. I'll recant some of that. I still think that I got to give him some blame for that run play. Like I get he said, oh, I thought we had four downs. That doesn't mean, like, communi- first of all, if you're going to say lack of communication, communication's two ways. He needs to be able to say that because look what the other quarterback did when, on a play where his head coach had called a punt. He's like, no, let's try and get this touchdown. Yeah. Brady's like, yeah. let's try and get this touchdown. They call a yeah. timeout. They bring the guys back on the field. What do they do? They get a touchdown. Yep. See, Best red zone was, offense in the league. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like. One of the favorite teams. Yep, sorry. Oh, Sorry, let me no, just finish. Finish, finish. Packers, best red zone offense in the league. Aaron Rodgers, call yeah. your shot, dude. You've been here longer than LaFleur. Just say, like, no, we're do- we're going for this. Yeah. No, CCC, one of the favorite teams I like to watch football are the Ravens. That's because if you, if you watch any Ravens game, there's at least four or five instances where it's a fourth and two, fourth and one. Harbaugh calls it the punt. Tells Justin Tucker to go out there. And Lamar's like, no, 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 no. Let me run a read option. That's, mm-hmm. I was... Okay, first of all, I was confused. You, you're you going to need a touchdown anyway if you kick it. I don't know why you wouldn't give it to the hands of... It's it's Aaron Rodgers, not Tim Boyle. It's it's Aaron Rodgers. And second of all, I don't know why Aaron Rodgers just is directly in the center of the bench. He didn't, he didn't question... Yeah, he so, has to fight for that. Like, I get it. If I, you yeah. thought you had that many downs, doesn't matter. You have to take the opportunities. Like, you know how big personally, this one is. Personally, I thought it was a fake field goal. Yeah, I, I thought that too. Goal. I was like, are they going to fake yeah, I was this? Like, I was like, oh, this is this got to be a fake. And then when Crawford kicked it in, I'm like, there was no... Really? Because being a Broncos fan, we went through several years of our coaches making terrible decisions to, like, I'm like, two minutes down the line. I'm like, oh, here we go again. But a shot for the Broncos. It's, it's just... Mm-hmm. I feel like LaFleur got under the heat a bit. I feel like he was... He had some tension. He was, he was under the spotlight. Of and I think he knew if he didn't... Okay, because there were still two minutes left. So if you don't... Convert yeah, that fourth down. The Bucks are at your eight yard line with, and you have three timeouts and the two minute warning. I don't know what the yeah. I don't, I know don't know. know. Maybe there, but maybe Lafleur is the uh, Lamar Jackson of coaches. Only no. regular season success. The thing is, we usually go for that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he just got too scared. Like, All right. At that point, we always go for the fourth downs. That was just a. It was a mistake, and if Rodgers ran it, I think we would have went for it. Both the Packers and That's... the Bills were very, very concerned at this game. Mm-hmm. They were very, oh. very concerned. Oh, yeah. They got away from what they used to success in, mm-hmm. in the regular season. They were under the 
pressure and they and they just fell through. They didn't deliver. And All right. I was gonna say before we before we end the segment, Ruth. Mm-hmm. As a Packers fan, I just have to get this out of here. Genuinely, think I don't think we're gonna get back here with Rodgers again. I don't think we're even gonna make it. It felt very last dance-ish for Rodgers this season. It just felt and like I he's... hope I hope he goes to another team. New his... England. For his for his own sake, I hope he goes. I'm just gonna play that. Yeah. Watch the watch yeah. the Patriots get him and for would, like a I third rounder. Happy if he goes to a team, just for himself. Yeah. All right. But we're gonna. Have to we have to go into. Basketball, and speaking of switching teams and forming super teams and all that stuff, we're going to go with some quick hitters for the NBA, you know, catch up where the NBA season is right now. And Arjun, as the guest of honor, we're going to let you start off. I'm going to ask the question to you. So give me your reaction to the Nets' big three off to a slow start. It's it's simple. There's three ISO players having to work together with no debt on no depth on their team. I don't know I don't know how you want them to succeed after they had like one day of practice and then they came out to play the first game. So if you just I'm just give them some more time. Am I am I guarantee that by the month of I think the month of February I'm gonna go on a huge win streak. Guarantee that. Yeah. Guarantee that. Because if you look at yesterday's game, the way they were passing the ball in that the in that fourth quarter between Harden, Katie, and Kyrie, just shows that they ha- that they have the chemistry. Like they don't care about not having the ball. They just want to win. That's, that's uh, I was gonna say, I actually, I have a decent amount of concern about their defense because obviously they don't have defender. My concern is that their offense isn't turned on that often. Like it's a weird thing to have, but uh, one of the biggest problems with a lot of NBA teams is their outcomes of winning games are very susceptible to having a hot shooting night or not. You'd think with the Nets and all their talent, they would be exempt from this. But for some reason, it's almost amplified. Like, they, yesterday, I want to say, they didn't even score 100 against the Heat without Jimmy Butler and with a bunch of backups on their team. Like, I get, okay, they held the Heat to 85. That's a different matter altogether. But it's it's a bit concerning to me, the way that, like, they aren't able... It's almost Chiefs-like. Like, the offense just doesn't turn on until, granted, when it counts, which they've done that, over the past few games. That's that's something I've said think, from the start of the season. Steve Nash is not the correct coach. Look, look, Steve Nash is not a coach. Steve Nash is a player who, Be nice to who, Steve Nash, man. Wait, I think, I think, if anything, Steve Nash will help their offense because he's a passing guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is... He so is a fucking Mike D'Antoni, which means he's on the team, too. They're, they're all offense, no defense. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean... We also have to mention one of the Nets' losses. I don't know how many they lost in a row. Was because of like a huge effort by Colin Sexton. Two like, of them. You mean one half oh, of the oh, legendary duo Sexland? Yes, but the greatest think, duo in the history of the NBA, Sexland. Of Sorry, I had to shout them out. Uh, obviously, but for me, the Nets. I I think. Like Arjun said, I think they'll pick it up. I don't think it's going to be as soon as January because that's just five February. days from now. Or February. I, I see it like end of February, beginning of March. They start hitting their stride. And I definitely think they'll make the finals. Nets three seed. But I like Arjun, the idea of it. I don't. I actually don't. I don't think they'll make the finals. All right. All right. I think they will make the finals. Next prediction. Well, next prediction. We're getting we too heated. We can, we can go into why you might not think. Okay, I just want to say that, that real quick, real quick, 
one's talking about it anymore. It's the Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown is looking, looking an MVP candidate. Jalen Brown is one nah. of the most underrated scorers right now. And put that with Jason Tatum. Him and Kemba have not played a game yet. Those three have not played a game yet. Um, with Smart coming off the bench now, with that rookie like pitcher, like, they are Pritchard, a very baby. dark horse. I'm telling you to watch them. All right, all right. They're a dark horse, but... Not Enough with the dark with, horses. Let's go to another Eastern with, Conference team. Keep with the East. Arjun, what is your opinion on Giannis Antetokounmpo's struggles? And I butchered that name. He is looking right now like the dream in the paint and then Shaq at the free throw line. You, it, 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 it doesn't go together. When you drive every single play... You get fouled, and then you make, like, 20% of a free throw. You're not going to get the points out of it. Like, he has to work on a free throw game. Forget a three-point game. The man's working on a three-point shooting right now. You don't need a three-point shot. You're, I mean, you're the next nice. coming of Shaquille O'Neal. You it'd are nice. the most dynamic, dynamite player we've seen since mm-hmm. the Jack. I have and to counter Jack that. On, yeah, he, he has to get his free throw. And, I, and, and second, I think teams are going back to what Nick Nurse did in that 2019 playoff. They're just blowing up against him. Yeah. And he has... Not, and it's nothing he can do. I mean, he gets like put with charges, he travels, and then he throws the ball away. It's just he has to learn mm-hmm. to suck under the pressure. Yeah, I mean, or I'll I'll keep my I'll keep my point quick. Just from watching Bucks games, my biggest concern has been an observation in that the final five minutes of a game, Giannis doesn't really become anything more than a screener and a decoy. And you, as the Bucks organization, cannot be paying $40 million to a guy who's going to set screens and just do that for the last five minutes of a game. I, I counter you on the three-pointer point because I think that's the way he gets out of it. Because I just watch him, like, every time he gets the ball, which is rare, to be honest, in the last five minutes of a game, he gets it at the three-point line or a bit in. He, drives in. he pump fakes, nobody bites. The defender just sits on it, and he drives right into a very good defense. And it's very difficult to get out of it because even the Nets were able to just go, okay, DeAndre Jordan, just sit in the paint. He's not going to shoot. And if he does, he'll miss. I mean, I'll keep my point short also. I think this is the perfect opportunity for Giannis to work on something to go into the playoffs. Like we've seen the past two years, dominant regular season, horrible postseason. Maybe this year it's the opposite. But not not horrible regular season, okay regular season, dominant postseason. Maybe he's learned something in the offseason. Just throwing it out there, wild conspiracy. Maybe he turns it up a notch towards the end of the year, and they finally win and get to the finals. I like but it, conspiracy theories from Who knows? Who knows? Let's see. Let's see. All right. And, uh, There's a lot of time about Point number three, yeah, we're getting into – we're not at midseason. Let's say we're a third of the year third of the year in. What am I saying? Third of the way in. Whatever we are. People are talking about the MVP, as they usually do. And I'll ask you this, Arjun, is Joel Embiid the NBA's MVP right now? Yes. Yes, very much he is. Very, very much he is. If you if you look at the Sixers, have they're the first in the East, and the East has a lot of good teams this year. He's the first in the East. If you look at a Ben Simmons, and normally All-Star is not performing like an All-Star. He's just... He's Rondo he's, minus right now. Exactly. He's, he's kind of a minus... Seth Curry brought in that shooting that, he, um, that um, they needed. Tobias Harris is very, very on and off. And then there's Danny Can't Green. It's the, the team is all Joel Embiid. And hey, man, why are you being so mean to Danny Green? Danny Green, come on. Danny, Danny Green, Green, the Green. GOAT. But, sure, of course. 
but that's if you for me MVP is exactly what it is most valuable player if you take like Joel Embiid from the Sixers Sixers are going back to 2014 2013 yeah they so, lost to the Pistons yesterday night when Embiid didn't play so exactly exactly so that's only reason it's got to be him it is him right now I mean I would love to pretend like Steph Curry is there I as a Warriors fan Steph Curry will always be my MVP but the Warriors are not good enough LeBron is playing well, but to, LeBron's playing well, but no one's going to give him the MVP. Giannis is not winning three in a row, as, especially yeah. not with this play. Jokic, like, I'm just going through all the other guys. Jokic is averaging good numbers, but as soon as his team starts... Yeah, as soon as his team... No, but the problem is, as soon as his team starts to win, I swear his numbers are going to go down. Like, I... Yeah. That's true. Once MPJ is like playing a ton of games, like trust me, numbers are going to tank. His numbers will come back. Yeah, and uh, that pretty much just leaves Embiid in the MVP conversation. He (laughs) deserves it. He's playing amazing defense too. I think that's underrated for him. But it's just I'm I'm waiting for the hot streak to end with him shooting. But it seems like he's just a thirty seven percent guy from three now, which to me is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because. As much as I would want to say LeBron is the MVP, no one's going to vote for him. It's just like we're beyond the stage of LeBron winning MVPs. They're not he's be- he's beyond it, too. I don't think he's he... Beyond it too. He's, he's chasing something greater. But Embiid, I like what they're doing with the Sixers right now. They have Embiid in the post. They have Simmons who can drive. And then they surrounded them with shooters, which is something that Milwaukee failed to do with Giannis for a while. Yeah. But Embiid is hitting his stride. He's definitely the MVP in all three of our all three of ours eyes and I think it's well deserved first in the east and pretty good stats like 27 points and like 11 rebounds mm-hmm. I think he's playing great he's playing great he's basketball for sure uh let's Sorry, go I just want to oh. move away all right just, just one, thing, one thing all right you guys know that I love my golf courses I'm sorry but watch out for Zach Levine for MVP, are you are you I'm go. I'm leaving I'm leaving no no you will not make a mockery of this podcast like this. No. The Bulls are the 11th seed in the East, and you just said Zach Levine is the MVP. Oh my god. No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You just said that, man. Don't change the narrative. What I said, dude. This is being recorded. No, what I said was watch him in the future. The way the Bulls are playing right now, the Bulls are one of the best bench teams in the league. Once, once Kobe White and Lowry get back to what they were in this in the start of the season, I'm telling you. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear. We're ending this conversation. You're lucky we don't okay, kick you off the Arjun, podcast. No, no, Arjun, we acknowledge your point, and we believe it is quite frankly kind of stupid. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing it's fine. ever. It's fine. It's fine. All right. Can a man have hope? Oh wait, we forgot about. I forgot to mention Luca and throw him out of the MVP conversation because. As amazing as Luca is, as 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 like as much as I love him, the Mavs are not that good. The Mavs are just not good. And he started off way too poorly this year. But if you want to be in an MVP conversation, you have to start off strong. You have to continue being strong. Mm-hmm. He is very strong right now, but he but he had a terrible strong. All right, yep. let's move into another topic, which is trending right now. It has to do with Shaquille O'Neal. And if anybody listening to this podcast saw the interview post game with Donovan Mitchell. He told Donovan Mitchell, I'm quoting roughly verbatim here, I don't think you have the talent to get to the next level. Uh, He had been, like, 
sh- like clapped back at or mocked for the previous few weeks for coming at Rudy Gobert. Um, I love that he's going at jazz players because the jazz are like a completely irrelevant franchise. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Shaq coming at young stars? I, I don't see what the problem with this. It's, it's, I, I don't see what's the, what's the problem. Shaq is, in my eyes, the best time I've ever lived. And yeah. when, when, you, when you take, when somebody like that gives you, you he's not saying something bad. He's giving you constructive criticism. Constructive it, criticism. Gobert, Gobert, on the other hand, like, that's, may not be. That's not constructive. Like Mitchell, Mitchell, everyone's moving away from what Shaq said at the end of that interview. He said, he said that just to see what, what Mitchell would say, just to see how Mitchell would respond. That's what these old guns do. They are in the, yeah. They played in the day of age where it was all about grit, all about hard work. And and in, in this day and age, there's not much of that anymore. And and that's what we're trying to push on these young guns. That's the, it, yeah, I, I'm going to... I have to wholeheartedly disagree with you there. And I forgot about a quote that I should have included. But uh, Carl Malone also went on a podcast to say that Zion should be playing 40 minutes a game, which to another ridiculously stupid take. And I hate Carl Malone for personal reasons, but... Uh, yeah. I think we all do. Everyone yeah, hates Carl Malone. Everyone hates Carl Malone. But uh, in general, it to me, it's a alarming trend that these older guys, first of all, they don't seem to understand that basketball has significantly changed. Yep. In terms of like Carl Malone, who basically stood around all game in the post without moving and had John Stockton deliver him dimes. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, you should be playing 40 minutes a game. He never even did it, but... um. Yeah, first of all, lack of understanding of the game of basketball today. With Mitchell, my issue is not that he said it, although I do think it was terrible wording. It's more like, why are you saying this after this dude had, like, a 37-point game? Like, you can leave it out there, but you don't need to tell him right after he played amazing. He you don't have to see how he would respond. Yeah, yeah, then, dude, think- say that out. Say that, like, post it on your social media or whatever. Say it on the show you don't no, need to tell it to him again to his face. No, but like you're gonna get that genuine response if you're gonna say it to him and see what he's gonna say. Like mm-hmm. in my mind, should he have said it? No. Is it fine that he said it? Yeah, he's earned his respect. He's a legend. He's a great player. Like a very, very great player. Shaq is, and it's fine with him to toy around with Donovan and Ruby a little. And like I think he's not trying to hate the Rudy Gobert thing. stuff. Was hate. That was hate. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was like, complete hate. Okay, he's in, not just hating to hate. He's just a, he's just trying to hold on to the past, and that's like. If I can make one quick point on Rudy Gobert, like people don't, a lot of people don't know this, but one of Shaq's reasons for going into basketball instead of football was because he saw a bench center get like a six-year, fifty million dollar deal, which at the time was a lot of money in the NBA. Still, is a lot of money in real life, but uh, I my question is, how can you? be like that to a guy who basically well he was coming at him for getting a supermax it's like okay he probably didn't deserve it i don't think rudy gobert needs a supermax because he's not he's that great of a player. supermax supermax is different we'll talk we can talk oh, about yeah, that later but regardless max, right you can't come at rudy gobert for taking a contract that was offered to him Right? Yeah. You can't go at him for negotiating for a better contract. The Jazz are the ones who gave him the contract. You can't. It was just unnecessary hate to me. Like, you don't need to do this. Rudy Gobert doesn't claim to be Shaq. Like, that's another thing. It's not like Dwight Howard was a different case because Dwight Howard was like taking the Superman title, I guess. 
Rudy Gobert never came out Shaq. He never claimed to do anything better than Shaq. He repeatedly has said Shaq is a legend. And Shaq is just coming at him like this. But, uh... Shaq... Shaq's... Like, I love Shaq. Shaq's one of my favorite players to watch. But Shaq's... But just, like, he's a bit... He's a bit ticky-tacky with everything. And this is, like, a single thing wrong with him. He, you know, he goes, like... If you guys watch um, the TNT show, every time Charles...